Our God is good, amen? Amen. Our God is able, amen? Yeah, and all our hope is found in him, yes? Yes. Well, let's talk about it. Hope is the foundation for joy and for peace. And wow, do we need more of that this time, yeah? Yeah, we need more of that for sure. In other words, your level of joy and your level of peace in your life is directly tied to who you hope in and what type of hope they are offering. The Bible says it this way in Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you might abound in hope. I want us all abounding in hope by the time we get done here, yeah? That's why we came, amen. Hope is so important. I love the old school quote, it says this, man can live 40 days without food, three days without water, eight minutes without air, but not a second without hope. Hope is so important. For a Christian, hope is not hype. Hope is not wishful thinking. It's not pretending that everything is going to be okay. As a matter of fact, it's firmly grounded in the reality of who God is and what he's capable of. For a child of God, the very presence of your heavenly Father means hope. Studies have shown that hope changes our perspective in such a way that it alters our mindsets, it adjusts our performance in life. In other words, people are more alive, strong, and successful when they have hope versus when they do not. But when our hope is dashed, that's what some of you may be facing today, when our hope is dashed, when our spirits are disappointed, when our hearts are knocked down, Sometimes we stop trying to get up. It's almost as if we have learned not to get our hopes up. Sometimes our hope tank gets low, yeah? That's why God brought you here today. God brought you here today to fill up your hope tank. As a matter of fact, it is time to get fired up again about how good our God is. Are you ready? Yeah, amen, then we need to fill in that, fill in the blank right there on your app, and this is what it is. Let hope arise. Let hope arise. You may jot that down in your notes. You may fill that out in your app. Let hope arise. You see, the Christmas story is a story of hope, but it all begins in love. The Bible says that God's love compelled him to send his one and only son into the world to save us of our sins, and instantaneously, hope was injected into a desperate situation. Jesus, the very embodiment of hope, was born in a manger. Luke 2.10, and the angels said to the shepherds, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. You see, the good news was that hope had come. 
The good news was that the Messiah had come to deal with our sin problem. The good news was that God himself loved us so much that he joined us down here in order to make a way to get us to be with him there. Amen? Let me tell you why we hope in a time like 2020. It is not fake. It is fact. And let me tell you why. We hope because our God created the heavens and the earth. Everything that is in our universe did not once exist, and at his word it became. We hope because our God is brilliant at making a way where there is no way. The Jewish people began with a 99-year-old man receiving a promised child that there was no way that was ever going to happen. There is nothing our God cannot do. We hope because... Our God walked Israel out of 400 years of slavery to Egypt and then walked them through the desert into the promised land despite hardships and hard hearts. If that's true, then he can get us to freedom. We hope because our Jesus healed the sick, cast demons, told the truth, battled bad leadership, did miracles, raised the dead, and set us free from the world, the flesh, the devil, and death. Amen? So whatever stands against us today is no match for our God. And then the Holy Spirit took hope to the next level. Jesus Christ said that his leaving and the Holy Spirit's coming was better because it would mean the indwelling of God into his people. He said, it's better that he go so God could shift into phase three of redemption and rescue. Paul said it this way in Colossians 1, Christ in you is the hope of glory. Therefore, let hope arise in your hearts. How do we do that? I'm gonna give you four very simple, very basic ways Let's go ahead and write these down. Number one, let hope arise by reading and believing the word of God more than the news in our media. Let me say that again. We need to let hope arise by reading and believing the word of God more than the news in our media. Psalm 130 has a famous phrase that is used all over the Psalms that says this, I wait for the Lord and my soul waits and in his word I hope. Because if God said it, that settles it. Amen? So what does it say? What does the word of God say? Isaiah 41.10, fear not for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Maybe jot this one down, Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's what God's word says. It says in Philippians 4, 5, the Lord is at hand, therefore be anxious about nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. 
Jesus said in John 14, 2, I am going away to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and get you to be with me where I am. Let hope arise. Number two, let hope arise by rising above our trials, no matter how bleak they look. Let hope arise by rising above our trials, no matter how bleak they look. Romans 12, 12 says, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, and be constant in prayer. Some of you follow me on uh, social media and you've heard some of this piece before, but for those of you that don't or maybe are new, uh, my wife's been walking through a four-year battle with autoimmune and gut issues. There were times when she can't get out of bed And as a husband who wants to make it right, it's a terrible feeling to watch your spouse suffer. And as much as God gave us little breaks and God gave us little victories and God got us through things, we were praying for an all-out rescue. Let's pull out of this stuff and just let everything be fine. And God didn't do it that way. God let us walk through the fire and not get pulled away from the fire. So the other day, Susie says to me, and she comes in and she gets up super early. It's just kind of how her body right now is on that clock. She comes in and she says, Lance, I gotta share something with you. I'm not focusing on my problems right now. If I don't say anything, that doesn't mean I feel great. It means I'm not focusing on my problems. I'm gonna focus on the goodness of God and I'm gonna get my head into that game and not into talking about everything that hurts all the time. So I just need you to know, just because I'm not communicating, it doesn't mean I don't have any more concerns. It just means that I'm choosing to focus on my Lord. As I was praying for our leadership the other day, God gave me a picture in my mind. It was a picture of the ark I'm talking about Noah's ark and the flood. And do you realize that while the world was going through its reckoning, while the world was being destroyed all over the planet, God's people rose above it and the ark floated on top of the devastation. Let hope arise. I'm reminded of George Titus, yeah? Some of you know him. A couple years ago, our father of some kids here in the ministry, firefighter, collapsed, yeah? He was unresponsive for 20 minutes. That's way too long for your brain to stay intact. And yet today, he is not only alive, he is thriving, successful, and ministering to our high school students no matter how bleak it looks, our God is able. What do you think sustained Joseph, right? Through the hatred, through the slavery, through the false accusations, through the prison time. What sustained Joseph? Was it not the dreams that God gave him? Did he not hang on to the hope that his God could get him through? Then what do you think is gonna sustain us? Number three, let hope arise. By letting God minister to us and not resisting his efforts. 
It seems silly to even say that, but I know in my own life that there are times when I want God to minister to me, and sometimes I want to do it myself, right? So we need to let hope arise by letting God minister to us and not resisting his efforts to restore us. Let me read again, Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. In other words, the Bible says that our God is the God of all comfort. Scripture says that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. John 16, 7 says that the Holy Spirit is our helper. So where are we going for our comfort? Is Netflix really solving our problems? Is the news really raising our spirits? Do Twinkies truly keep the blues away? Sometimes God is waiting to minister to us just outside the view of our phone. Amen? Number four, let hope arise by taking control of what we dwell our minds on and not letting them push us around anymore. Let me say that again. Let hope arise by taking control of what we dwell our minds on and not letting our minds push us around anymore. 1 Peter 1 says this, Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. There are a million voices seeking your attention. There is only one trustworthy. I wrote my second book, The Master's Mind, on the very concept of bringing our minds back into control because they start to go off on what-if scenarios and freaking out, right? Uh, the whole premise was this. We need to start mastering our minds so that they're not pushing us around and we submit them then to the true master of our mind. That's the whole point of the book. Whether we are filled with hope or fear depends on the thoughts that habitually occupy our minds. What are you dwelling on? Let me say another one. Our minds will dwell on what they're most exposed to. So what's your exposure? When Peter looked at waves, he began to sink. When he looked at Jesus, he walked on water. When you get the hope that God promises you, when it begins to arise in your spirit, please don't keep your hope to yourself. Because I can assure you that if indeed we are doing what God's word says, hope is going to ignite in your heart. I'm already jumping ahead of that. I'm assuming you're going to walk out of here hopeful. When you are hopeful, don't keep it to yourself. Let hope arise in your homes. In other words, share it with your family, especially the kiddos. Psalm 78 says this, God established a testimony and a law in Israel which he commanded our fathers to teach to their children that the next generation may know him. 
the children yet unborn, and they will arise to tell them to their children so that they would set their hope on God and not forget the works of God, but to keep his commandments. Don't make your children stumble through life, constantly lifting up shells to try to find the little ball. Just show them what is true and then let them decide how much of their heart they're going to implant into that. And when you get hope, let hope arise in your neighborhood. First Peter 3.15 says, always be prepared to make a defense for anyone who asks you for the reason for the hope you have within but do it with gentleness and respect. Four years ago, Pastor Ryan Desjardins, right here with us, was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. Filled with fear, wondering what this means. The only thing that kept him sane was that his God was bigger than the disease. The only thing that allowed him not to play the what-if scenario was that he knew that his God was able to shut the mouths of lions. So he took that bit of hope and he carried it into his first MS meeting where there was a young married woman who had just received the same diagnosis and she did not have the God that he had. So he began to open his mouth and as the words left his lips of the goodness of God and the protection of God, her heart began to rise. Please don't keep it to yourself. Let hope arise in our world, amen? It's easy to believe that everything has to get worse and worse and worse, and I disagree. It doesn't have to be that way. Our Bible said God loved the world so much that he sent his one and only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life, right? Isn't that what it said? There is a hope being whispered all over in every corner of the world. I believe that perhaps now it is time for those voices to begin to shout. Amen? I believe that your testimony carries a lot further in darkness than when everything is going okay in our world. This is our shot. This is our chance. Perhaps now's the time for the light of the world to ignite. Perhaps now's the time for the salt of this world to start bringing in its flavor. The angels told the shepherds this, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Christians of Bridgeway, what does all mean in Greek? All, praise the Lord. You guys, we have so much to be thankful for. We have so much to hope in. We have such a great God. Let hope arise, God's people. God's not done with us. He's not done with our state. He's not done with our nation. God's not done with our world. As a matter of fact, that same call that went out that said, let hope arise in your hearts. Anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. That call is still going out. The call is going out to you. If you right now have walked into this place or you're watching us online and you have yet to allow that hope to ignite in your heart, right now is the time. As a matter of fact, here's how it goes. 
The Bible says that Jesus Christ came that we might have life. It says that when Jesus came, he issued out an offering and he said, if you will trust in me, I can make it right. But that means you're gonna have to change allegiances. That means you're gonna have to get off you and into him. And what that is gonna start by doing is where we say, Lord, I don't wanna do it my way anymore. I wanna do it your way. And if he is the king of your life, he gets to call the shots. But it all begins with a desire for hope. Every bit of the hope I just poured out in this message is for Christians. Do you want to be a child of God? That's it. So what we're gonna do is we're going to pray and I wanna know whether or not this is something that matters to you. So as I begin to pray, I'm gonna pray for you as if you were saying, I want to know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I wanna give up my way of living and do it his way. I want his forgiveness to come and wash me clean and give me a new start by being born again. If that is something you want, in a moment as we pray, I'm gonna have you slip your hands up and say, God, pastor's talking about me. Can we just bow our heads and pray for a moment? Let's just, let's just go ahead. Everybody go ahead. There's no reason to be worried about what everybody else is doing. This is just between you and God. If you are here and you need a deeper hope than the world can provide, if you are here and you're saying, the way I'm trying to run my life does not answer for the afterlife. If you are here, sitting here, or watching this, or engaging with this, and you're saying, I need more, I want you to just slip your hand up and say, God, would you rescue me? Slip your hand up right now. Yep, yep. And then you just pray along in your heart with me right now, Heavenly Father, I need you. I need your rescue. I need you to cleanse me. I need you to give me a way to start over again. I need you to make me, as you said, Lord, born again, where I have a brand new life, where I have a brand new freedom, where, God, you come in and you cleanse us, cleanse me from my deepest sin, that there is nothing you can't root out. There is no baggage you cannot cut off. There is nothing in my life that you cannot overcome. So, God, I splay myself out before you and ask, would you clean me and heal me? God, I just pray that you would restore me that you would fix me, that you would make it right. That Lord, that there is, there's nothing I can do in and of myself, I've tried. I don't know how to answer for after I die. I can barely handle today. And so I ask you and I beg of you, God, that you would rescue me. I throw my arms up to you symbolically and say, heal me, rescue. Holy Spirit, you said that if we were willing that we would open up the door of our hearts, you would come in and dwell within us. We are asking right now, Holy Spirit, for your indwelling. We want you to be with us in the nighttime, in the daytime. 
when we're thinking about it and when we're not. We want you permanently with us and we give you our lives. We are so thankful for your offering. We're so thankful for your love. We're so thankful for your kindness. Rescue us today. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.